Hello everyone and welcome to our Threshold podcast. We are so happy that you have taken time to join us today and we pray that you will be absolutely encouraged by the plethora of messages and encouraging words that we share here in our church. Threshold is a family of believers based in East Riding of Yorkshire in the wonderful city of Hull and our head pastors are Pastor Deborah and Philip Banda. Be blessed. Amen. So unlimitable. Unlimitable. Do we all have this flyer? No. Yeah? If you don't have one, just uh, raise your hands. I'm sure the ushers will give you that flyer. Unlimitable, that's the name of our conference this year. And you will realize that everything that we're covering um, in our sessions leading up to the conference is basically to prepare you for this conference, okay, to prepare you for what God will do at the end of the month and for the rest of your lives, okay? So it is not a coincidence, but it's to merely prepare you so that as, you, as God ushers you towards this season, you will be fully prepared and you will have a great idea of what it is that God is saying over your life. Amen. So I'm excited. Uh, the title of my message today is The Kingdom mindset the kingdom mindset amen it's good to see you Lisa welcome guys the kingdom mindset um, Pastor Phil started us really well uh, last weekend such a powerful story um, of Jacob and Esau that we're going to be looking at if we can all just turn our, turn our Bibles to um Genesis 25, it is one of my favorite stories in the Bible for many different reasons, Uh, but I feel this story is so powerful and it speaks in this very season. So just going to be reading from uh, Genesis 25 from verse 21 up until 33, okay? We're going to cover a few scriptures today, but this is my favorite passage. And it says, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. And the elder will serve the younger. Amen? Amen. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. Now the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a test for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished, He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. 
famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Amen. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he saw an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Awesome. Now, I know most of us probably have read that story over and over again. And I did too before I got this revelation. And, you know, I, I enjoyed reading this story and there's so many revelations that I've gotten from it. But this time around, it was different. And I, I'm just going to walk you through that story before I marry that with uh, a certain portion that we read also last week in Hebrews 12. Now, here in this story, we have uh, two brothers, Jacob and Esau. One of them loved hunting, okay? He loved the field, and he was his father's favorite son, okay? So he loved hunting. I'm sure he would go out and hunt, and his father loved, you know, wild game. So every time he would, you know, win something out in the, in the field, bring it home, they would cook it, and his father really enjoyed it, okay? If you read further on the story, when the father wants to, to bless them, he, you know, requests this favorite stew of his. He loved it that much, okay? Now, Jacob, on the other hand, was mama's boy, right? It says in the scripture, <laughs> it says in the scripture that, um, let me find it for you. He was content to stay at home among the tents, okay? So he loved cooking. Well, hence why we see him here cooking some stew. So he probably spent the day helping his mom, running around, you know, washing dishes, things that seemed unusual for a young man. Because in the contrast, his brother is, you know, hunting. So he's, 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 he's on the field getting, you know, some food. You know, you can imagine. So these guys were feeding on what Esau was getting on a daily basis, whereas Jacob seemed, I'm pretty sure, you know, lazy. I mean, I mean his father wasn't really too fond of him uh, as a result. So hence he preferred Esau, right, as his favorite son. Are we following? Now, it gets really interesting. It gets really interesting when you look at the deeper side of the story. But I don't want to get there yet before I read Hebrews 12. Let's turn to Hebrews 12. Um, and I'm going to read verse 16 for you. And we're going to marry this together and enjoy this journey. I'm just going to, I'm just going to you know, really just walk with you. And I pray that you really get the revelation and you enjoy this the way I am. So Hebrews 12, verse 16. It says, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Interesting already, isn't it? Interesting. Now these two brothers, very different in many aspects. But something prophetic happens when Esau comes back home hungry. All right? So he comes back home hungry and he says to his brother, can I have some of the stew that you're cooking? Okay? And out of the blue, Jacob says to him, first swear to me, 
I want your birthright. Now, some of you probably know already why he said that, right? But I just want to open that up for you for a minute. These guys were different in this one aspect, which is why I named the title of my message today, The Kingdom Mindset. The Kingdom Mindset. These guys, if there is one important difference between them, is that they thought differently. They had two different perspectives on life. The kingdom of God is not about who is the busiest. Okay? We have one guy hunting all day, working all day, probably doing shift patterns, probably hunt during the day, come back home in the evening like we most do. You know, I work long shifts sometimes and I come home and I say to my wife, oh, I'm hungry. What do we have to eat? Or sometimes I'm kind enough to call her before I get home and I say, what's for dinner? <laughs> and we probably do this without realizing. But this is something that's been happening since the beginning, right? This guy is hunting. And he comes home and he says, please give me something to eat. Now, the difference in mindset is that, in that you have... Jacob, on the other hand, this guy in his head the entire time was thinking of the kingdom. He had a long-term vision. Now my suspicion is that Jacob spent more time praying, whereas Esau spent more time working. The kingdom of God is all about positioning. This guy was too tired to even pray and seek God for revelation on what the word over his family was. How do we know that? Well, because when he comes home and he's hungry and his brother, and he says to his brother, can I have some food? His brother says, give me your birthright. He says, what is it to me anyway? He says, well, I'm dying, so take it, just take it, just give me the food. The kingdom mindset. Are we following? My suspicion is that Jacob found out the word that was given over his mother when he wasn't born. And we read that word earlier on. The Lord said to his mother, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated one people will be stronger than the other, and the elder will serve the younger. This is a prophetic word over his family. All right? Esau didn't know this. If he knew this, he would protect his destiny. Do we agree? Jacob knew this. So he didn't bother spending too much time working, running around. I'm not saying it's bad to work, by the way. Most of us work in here, so. But I'm driving to a point. Jacob spent most of his life positioning himself and waiting for an opportunity. Because he heard that in the prophetic word that was given over his family, it was said that the younger will serve the older. So he kept thinking and waiting. As he was cooking, he was thinking, how 
is this word going to come to pass? When you understand the kingdom and you have the kingdom mindset, you are always looking for an opportunity for God's word to come to pass over your life. And out of the blue, his brother says, well, I'm hungry. And he says it right there and then. Sell me your birthright. I'll give you some food to give me your birthright. How insane is that? It sounds a very bold statement for a very simple reason. He was always thinking about it in his head. Do we agree? So Jacob knew the promises of God over his family bloodline. And he spent all day thinking about it. And we know that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Esau was so tired, so worried. He was so exhausted on a daily basis that before he even gave away his birthright, he had agreed in his heart that what good is my birthright? I'm working so hard, I'm the oldest son, what good is a birthright to me anyway? That by the time the moment came, he said, take it, I don't care anyway. I'm too tired and I'm too busy working. What am I saying? The kingdom of God is about the one who understands the principles. And the one who understands the principles of the kingdom of God always wins. Because you're always positioned. Say positioned. Position. If there's anything that I really want to encourage you and inspire you to do this season is to position yourself. And position yourself this season. Amen? Now, this story reminds me of a similar story in the Bible, slightly different. Uh, the story of the two sisters, okay, that were at home. And the king visits them at home, right? And one sister comes before the king. She kneels before the king and she's listening intently to what the king is saying. She has a kingdom mindset. And the other is too busy running around. Washing plates, cooking, doing all sorts. And she misses the whole point of what's happening here. And until she runs to the king and she says to him, can you please tell my sister to give me a hand? Don't you care? I'm here setting everything up and she's here on your feet listening. Shall we turn to that story? Luke 10, 38, with me. Just going to read it to you. Because I'm interested in the answer that the king says to the sister who complains. The kingdom of God is all about positioning. When you understand the kingdom of God, you will position yourself at all times. Amen? Luke 10, 38. I'm going to read that. Um, uh, just four short verses. Five. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. 
She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. One wise sister positions herself to the kingdom, and the other is too busy worried, she's too busy running around. Serving is not a bad thing, but as long as you have the kingdom mindset, you will have the wisdom to take advantage of the opportunities that come. You have the king coming to your house. Imagine if the king came to your house. What would you do? Wouldn't you prepare before the king comes so that by the time he comes, you are resting and listening and, and really just enjoying the moment and learning as much as you can before him? The kingdom mindset. Amen. It's not about who is the busiest. It's about who understands. When you understand the kingdom of God, it shapes the decisions you make and it guides you in all you do. You are always prepared. You're always ready. For you understand the word that has been spoken over your life. And as we share, and as I share this message today, and I pray that as you go on during the week, you know, you begin to really just dig deep. I think when, when this revelation came to me on Tuesday, we were here praying, and we say to one another, what is it that God has called you to do? And we're busy greeting each other on this very point. What is it that God has called you to do? And then the next question will be, okay, why aren't you doing it? What are you waiting for? And it's usually the same answer, well, I'm working, you know, you know, I, I just want to, I, I, you know. <laughs> I don't think that's good enough. It may be okay to work temporarily, but as long as you've got your kingdom mindset, your mind set on what God is requesting and what is required of you. Nothing will be stolen from you. Amen? Amen. I want us to go back to Hebrews 12, 16. And we'll go from there. Are we enjoying this? Hebrews 12, 16, and I'll read it again. It says, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Now, I want you to look at this and what the writer of this text says. He calls Esau godless. And at first I thought that's a bit harsh to call him godless. It sounds a bit harsh. I mean, he's a brother of Jacob. His father is Isaac and 
And really, the history of your family, you can easily find it in the book of Genesis. It's not that much, okay? So, God has spoken over their father, and God has spoken of the, over their father before that. But, here it says Esau was godless. And I began to wonder, does that mean that if we don't have the kingdom mindset, we are godless? Will it be fair enough to say that as long as we don't have the kingdom mindset, we are considered godless? Will that be too harsh to say, oh, am I, am I missing something? The kingdom mindset is that important that it shakes you when you begin to understand Simply because Esau didn't have the bigger picture, he's considered godless. So what about us? What does that challenge us to do? Amen? What does that challenge you to do? Positioning. Amen? Positioning. Now, if you look at the story of Jesus and the many parables that Jesus shared and spoke about his entire time that he was preaching, you will realize one thing. He spent an awful lot of time preaching about this one thing, the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Every single time. And it was then, you know, if Jesus was here now, you'd probably be using examples that we can understand. I mean, at that time, he would say the kingdom of God is like a businessman who went away. Right? The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scattered seed. The kingdom of God is like a baker who mixes the yeast and the flour. Jesus spent his entire time really trying to put across this message that it is about the kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom that we're talking about is a lifestyle. The kingdom of God doesn't come when you go to heaven. Neither does it come when you get a promotion. <laughs> or when your business kicks off. The kingdom of God is within you. It's the way you live the decisions you make. Let's look at Luke 4, 43. I'm just going to read a few more scriptures just to really drive this home before I finish. Um, uh, Luke 4, 43. 
And let's see what this part says. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Jesus was sent with a mission to proclaim the kingdom. The kingdom. Let's look at Luke 9 too. For those of you that still think the kingdom of God is yet to come. One day when I get married, the kingdom will come. One day, <laughs> the kingdom will come. Luke 9 verse 2. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. He sent the disciples out to proclaim the kingdom of God. Are we beginning to get this? When you understand the kingdom, you begin to really ask questions. For Jacob really understood this, and he understood the promises and what has been spoken over his life. He spent all day asking questions. How will this work? How will this come to pass? And when you ask the question how, you open up yourself for opportunities. As opposed to saying, I can't. I can't. Can you do this? No, I can't. Can you do this? No, I can't. Can you do this? No, I can't. Can you come for the conference? No, I can't. I'm working. But when you begin to ask yourself, how can I really make it to the conference? See, for me, it is one of, this is the message that really shaped the way I really started to look at my life um, about five, six years ago. And some of you know, I, I quite enjoy business and I like everything to do with business. But the, re, the, the thing behind it really is not because I like money. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with that. But it's to do with the flexibility that you get when you are self-employed or when you run a business that I really enjoy. So I can take time off when I want and spend time in the kingdom. The dream that I have for my wife in the short near future is that we can get to work from the church, you know. Maybe just have our office in the church so that we can spend the entire day in the house of God and serving and praying and seeking God in his house. So that really has, it begins to shape what I do. So I tried getting a job, but I really, really struggled because I, I found it hard to book holidays and they would tell me no. They often said no, you can't take time off today, you can't take time off tomorrow, you can't take time off next week because someone was only taking time off. I said no. <laughs> I need to be self-employed so that at least when I want time off to spend time in the kingdom, I can. When you understand the kingdom, it shapes everything you do you begin to start preparing. And my challenge to you today is to really start preparing your life for the kingdom.
And the title of our conference is Unlimitable. There is no way you can really believe this if you don't understand the kingdom. You're only unlimitable for as long as you're seeing the bigger picture. As long as you're seeing the small picture of killing an animal today and eating today and eating tomorrow, you will lose the bigger picture. But when you have the bigger picture, you're always asking how. Can someone help me? How can I really make this happen? How can I really spend time in the kingdom before the world begins to shape your life? My encouragement to you today will be to really begin to protect the promises that God has spoken over your life. For the kingdom of God is not just in these four walls, but the kingdom of God is you up there. The kingdom of God is you out there. For as long as you are conscious on a daily basis that where God has placed you, even in the workplaces that you are in, you are functioning in the kingdom. I want us to look at something. I want us to look at uh, two portions of scripture in the book of Matthew and then I will draw to a close. Uh, because I strongly believe that most of us are, you know, exactly where God wants us to be, you know. You may be in your workplaces, but if you are there, shift your mindset. Amen? Shift your mindset. If you don't shift your mindset, you will jump from one job to the other without satisfaction. Let's look at Matthew 18 um, and look at what Jesus says. Um, um, after this, I will draw to a close. Um, I'm going to read from verse 31. I'm just going to look at two parables. Okay? He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Here we go again, right? Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Verse 33. Jesus told them still another parable, right? And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 30 kgs of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. I'll stop there. So we have it here again. Jesus is given this, this parable about the mustard seed which grows from a tiny little seed to a big tree, right? And it also speaks of dough, so those that were bakers of the day would understand. And when you mix it with the flour, it has an effect over the whole flour. So what Jesus was really trying to drive across here was the point of influence. Okay, so when you have this kingdom mindset, when you are in your workplace, you begin to think about being influential. 
even in the position, the tiny position that you were in, is to grow and be influential with the little that you have. The trouble that we have in our workplaces is our workplace is so influential to us, it begins to define us. Am I right? We get so overpowered and so overwhelmed with what happens at work, we forget that the kingdom of God is within us. So we come on Sunday and we begin to think the kingdom of God is just within these four walls and we go back again without any influence. But when Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. And the great thing is when you grow into this big influential tree, then the birds come and perch in your branches. Others begin to come and feed off you. Others begin to come and rest and feed off the fruits that you are producing because you have the kingdom mindset. You are unlimitable. What you are doing isn't small. Whether it's cooking, cooking with a kingdom mindset to bless others. Serving in the house of God with a kingdom mindset is not just about you, it's about the kingdom of God. Are we following? If we can all please stand. My challenge to you today will be, what is it that God has spoken over you? What is it that God has called you to do? Where is it that God has placed you? Do you have the kingdom mindset where you are? Do you really believe you are unlimitable? If you look at every title that's in here for this conference, you will realize that what we're teaching this month is drawing you really to that point where you can really begin to position yourself that when an opportunity comes for you to bring to pass the promise of God over your life, over your family, it will happen in an instance. 